Hi, Robert Butler here, reflecting on the memories on Rhino Gwynn. I will, I will always remember Rhino Gwynn. I will never forget his presence. I will never forget his intellect and sophistication. Ryan and I were close friends ever since the year 2013. We were drawn, drawn to each other through our similar tastes and sensibilities and the arts and also being creative. We liked a lot of the same filmmakers. We truly looked at film more as an art form than as a form of lazy entertainment. And Ryan and I had so many great memories in going to the movie theater together. We saw so many great movies together. We saw some lackluster ones, but even those were terrific times that I'll never forget. We endured a lot of dinners together. We had a lot of great exchanges together. We had a lot of agreements and disagreements. But what was great about Ryan and I's friendship is I think that more people were like our friendship, the world would be a better place. Ryan and I would have disagreements on things. We never lashed out at each other. We actually listened and learned and evolved from each other. And both Ryan and I are very much learners. We always evolve and adapt to different environments, to different surroundings and environments. We try to think and not believe in absolutes. And that's what I learned most from Ryan, and I think Ryan learned that from me. From here on out, from my life going forward, I will never forget Ryan. There'll never be a day where I do not think about Ryan in our wonderful time together. You'll greatly be missed. Hey, Flipside, this is episode number 13, and this episode is uh, brought to you by Duracell, because the power has gone out in Flipside Studios. It's the first battery-powered episode. Yeah, so we're recording on a Zoom recorder, uh, H4N, and... Me and Harrison are huddled over the same mic. Yep. Yep. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Usually we have... uh, you know, do all the audio tracks and stuff, but now we just got one audio track, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, we definitely wanted to do this episode. Uh, we've been wanting to do it for a long time, because this is going to be the episode dedicated to Ryan, so we'll have different uh, audio clips uh, dedication to Ryan, and then we're also going to be mostly talking about the big pandemonium event, in, in my opinion. Not the big weekend event, but the big uh, Duke Mitchell event. Which is huge. Uh, backstory on that is, uh, I wrote a letter to Grindhouse releasing, and usually they're pretty notorious on not letting you screen their movies, or they let you screen them, but it's like expensive, right? Yeah, it's it like I heard it's like three hundred dollars a. Yeah, three hundred dollars a pop. So yeah. we wanted to do us us wanting to do Massacre Mafia style and Gone with the Pope was a big undertaking because usually we have kind of a limit for the weekday shows because they're on the weekday and a lot of people don't come. And so usually we have about like $150 per film budget, would you say? Yeah, that's what uh, I think that's what we get from the, yeah. So with the with it being $700 to show both films, because I think it's $350. Actually. Is it $350? Okay. Y- yeah. So 
we really wanted to do this for Ryan. Uh, he was a huge fan of Duke Mitchell. And just recently, too. I mean, it, he, we just recently introduced him to Duke Mitchell, but he like kind of instantly fell in love. But yeah, uh, He ran out and bought the uh, out-of-print set. Cause they yeah, before they had, the movie was even over. Yeah. yeah. So I think he had an instant connection with Duke Mitchell because Duke Mitchell is a actor, writer, director, and Ryan was an actor, writer, director. And he always acted and starred in his, all of his movies he made. So I think he had like that connection with him. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like love at first sight with him. But we wanted to get those movies to play at the skyline. And uh, so I wrote a letter to Grindhouse kind of pleading, like, plead, you know, for the love of God, you know. We want to do this for our friend that passed away and, you know, do all this stuff. And they basically said, okay, you know, you got it. And this is the first time ever that Gone with the Pope is going to play at a, at a drive-in, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah, that is nuts. Yeah. Nice. So we kind of, we're going to do a big show about Gone with the Pope and Massacre Mafia, as if we don't talk about it enough on the show. And then we we definitely want to re- review the Al Adamson box set. And we haven't seen all the films, but we're going to kind of go over the packaging and the films that we have seen. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, basically we're going to talk about the news like always at the beginning. And that'll basically be the show. And hopefully the end result of this is basically for you to get really excited about the Duke Mitchell movies because uh, I... Even if you're not going to the drive-in, just like, if you're listening a thousand miles away, you should go see these movies because they're great. Yeah, and this might open the door to them playing it at other drive-ins too, so it might play at a drive-in near you. And uh, thanks to COVID, uh, one of the benefits of COVID actually is there's a lot of uh, drive-ins kind of popping up and, and you know, people talking about future drive-ins coming. I think even Walmart's getting in the game. Yeah, Yeah, 150 of them. That's interesting. Walmart. And a lot of the drive-ins are playing older films now that this is going on. So, I I mean, a lot of people will probably complain about that, but I think it's great. And um, I saw Grindhouse has got a lot of their stuff showing. I mean, this is the first Duke Duke Mitchell I've seen, but I think they're bringing out Evil Dead to a lot of drive-ins. Yeah, and I like to think we kind of started that because, like I said, I mean, we wrote to them, and then it seemed like after that they were, like, wanting to do drive-ins. Yeah. So I like, you know... Probably not, but I like to think maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're doing Evil Dead, which I didn't know they own the theatrical rights to that. Yeah, I, they, they they, I think they do the same thing with uh, Maniac. Yeah, pretty sure they've got Maniac as well. Yeah, so they don't own the home video rights, but they own the theatrical rights to those movies. So that is awesome. Um, we are definitely happy about the drive-in stuff popping up. Um, I know a lot of people probably are like. Oh, all these corporations are getting in on it. I don't care. I'd like to see you driving all over the place. Now, when it starts to get down to taking over small drive-ins, I'm going to have a problem. Yeah. Which that so, will happen, so you got to make sure you support the drive-ins yeah. you love. You know? That is that mm-hmm. is a good point, even with Walmart. I may kind of bitch and moan about, well, nobody cared on you know, Walmart. Fuck them. Go to a real drive-in. But it's at least sparking interest in drive-ins. Yeah. yeah. And this could have a lasting effect on the industry. Hopefully they'll be located in Walmarts that are not... You know, close to too close to other drive-ins. Yeah, I would be my hope. Yeah, like if Shelbyville Walmart started doing that, I'd be like, "Yeah, fucking burn it! Down. Get out of here! We don't want you here!" Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, they'll they'll probably show movies like 
Trolls International and yeah, they're supposed oh, to be all yeah, kids yeah, movie yeah, 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 stuff. Yeah. They're partnering with Tribeca Film Fest is a, is a big thing too. With that, is they're doing the Tribeca partnership. So yeah, they've they've got the rights. Um, or they've um, they're they're doing a partnership with Tribeca. So I think it's gonna be all kids films, is what Joe said. It's pretty much just kids films, and I mean that's to be expected. Being Walmart, you're gonna be able to like order curbside pickup for snacks and those <laughs> items. Hey, get My your groceries concern. while watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. You're My, there. You know what? When they do that whole like pick up your groceries, you're there for so long you that you probably watch. could watch a movie. Yeah, yeah, there you go. My concern, like, it'd be it'd be too bright because a lot of WalMarts are in the city. Oh, and they have the well. They'd have to turn off all those lights. parking yeah. lot lights. Yeah, and, and where are they going to project this? Yeah, how do they do that? It'll be shit show. I guarantee. It, it, yeah, and the Walmart people they'll have like a shitty screen. They'll Walmart like people aren't going to know how to put this shit together. Yeah, That's, I guarantee they'll have like one of those inflatable screens. You know. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So it'll be a joke. Yeah, it'll be a joke. But but um, I think this has been the most exciting year for Skyline mm-hmm. as far as movies because. It used to be we weren't going to Skyline every weekend because they were showing kids stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we would really only go there for Drive Insanity and the Pandemonium events and different things like that. But now it's like we're going there. I mean, every weekend they've been showing good stuff. Oh, yeah. What, and this weekend we got Tommy Boy and Days and Confused and mm-hmm. Empire, Strikes, Empire Back. Strikes Back. And then last weekend was Scarface and... Yeah. Uh, what were the other two? Back to the Future and the Burbs. Yeah. So, this has been a great year. And then I love that girl, that lady on Facebook was like, I wish you, you guys need to show newer movies. And it's like, uh, there are no newer movies. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Do you not right. understand what's happening right now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what really boiled my blood, dude, was that bitch that was like, yeah, the Skyline's okay, but they charge way too much. Yeah. The fuck? What are you talking about? What? For two features, $8? I know. God damn. Look, all right, here's here's what you do. Go to AMC, fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll understand. Seriously, go to AMC. You're spending, what, $10 at least? Yeah, at least 10 yeah. For a ticket. And then, I swear to God, get two drinks and a popcorn and see what your total is. I guarantee you're going to be at about 30 bucks. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, just the drink is yeah. like eight dollars for a large or yeah. some shit. Yeah. So how is it? And and what you get in free if you're under like eleven or something? I mean, what what's the yeah. kid range? It's something ridiculous. Two dollars. Two dollars if you're under eleven, and then, and then it's free if under, you're under. Yeah. Yeah, three and under are free, and like four. That bitch, I just probably would have just curb stomped her. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, she was saying something like, um, "She got torn apart though." Oh yeah, even yeah, the skyline, that's, that's even the skyline was like, "Fuck you, bitch." <laughs> That's ridiculous. No, they Skyline wouldn't say that. She but. said, like, if people could afford it. By people, do you mean you? What do you make? <laughs> yeah. What is your minimum salary? Are you making a dollar an hour? Yeah. Or if you would have bought a season pass, you don't even have to worry about paying. Yeah, that's, that's why I've been going so much, partially, is because oh, I bought a season pass. This is going to be a cool episode because, you know, storming outside, you can kind of hear the thunder. Yeah. You can, hear cre- you can hear you can hear the creaking of um you know the house has it that could just be uh be Charlie farting though it could just be me running around in my chair but oh. I heard there was a um drive-in in Thailand opened their first drive-in really but it's it's so humid there like it's so hot that they built this 
system of pipes that has a little fan that oh. sticks out and goes into your car window. Wow. Yeah, uh, Joe, those, Joe uh, was telling me there's actually Skyline. There's actually um, drive-ins here that do stuff like that. Oh, really? There's like drive-ins here where you can get like an A. I forget who was telling me that, but you can get like an AC unit attachment. I think it costs extra maybe. or. Hmm. But yeah, they have to do that in hotter states, I guess. Some uh, some countries, I, I don't think they could really do that. Like in Japan, getting a driver's license in Japan is really hard. Yeah, that would be... Plus, it's just, you know, and, and, so many people and stuff. And Yeah. Well, I mean, they could all show up on their like little scooter things and stuff. True. Yeah, I think they. I think you need a license. Like Thailand, I bet they probably show up on their scooters. Probably, they, they yeah. drive that all the time. Probably. It may seem like a stereotype, but that's what they drive a lot of times in oh, Vietnam yeah. and Laos. And yeah, but um, yeah, the COVID thing has kind of changed the world. Um, but a lot of interesting news has come out on the. Uh, seems it seems like the Blu-ray stuff hasn't hasn't wavered. Um, it seems like it's even more full force. So we got a lot that's happened since we last talked to you guys. Al Adamson set has arrived. We do have it. We have a physical copy. I think everybody's gotten their copy by now. Even people that didn't pre-order. And then uh, Second Sight finally put out the Dawn of the Dead 4K, which I'm really excited. Did you guys pre-order that or have you, are you guys no. waiting? So when does it come out? Is it August? October, October. is what I, what I have heard. I'm a little skeptical because I think only the 4K disc is region free, right? The Blu-ray is still region locked. Right, yeah. I haven't upgraded to 4K yet. Yeah, so if you don't have 4K, it doesn't really make too much. Well, I mean, it makes sense because you probably want to get it because it's going to go out of print. And you you will own a 4K. Right, eventually it'll... Because I didn't start buying Blu-rays probably until, like, regularly until Mm -hmm. maybe six years ago, five years ago. Yeah. So for a long time, I had way more DVDs than Blu-rays, and I still do, but eventually I'll get to 4K. Yeah, so I mean, you you, you almost want to get it just because you know eventually you're going to get a 4K. Yeah, and you know it's going to be out of print by the time I do. Yeah. <laughs> by the time I wait. And plus, like, I mean, I wish I would have bought my region-free Blu-ray player a long, long time ago because it's opened like a whole new world when you get the region-free Blu-ray. All these movies that you're like, man, I wish it would be on Blu-ray. It is on Blu-ray, like in Germany or or britain or something so and plus the arrow sale that just happened which we weren't we want to talk about those were all region b and so well most of them were and uh god damn you get such a deal i mean mm-hmm. you can get a arrow blu-ray for i think it was seven pounds yeah so that'd be about 12 bucks yeah hmm. and then you can get the box sets for 25 pounds which were, was about 30 american dollars yeah that's crazy and that's Damn good for those box sets. And they've got the yeah. same sale for the Canadian store and the American store. And the American store, it's like, the Blu-rays are 20 bucks, $7 off or whatever. Yeah. So they get crazy deals over there. Yeah, so, and there's just so many movies that, you know, were released over states. So, I'm glad I got the region. I, 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 think, I think if you're going to be a collector, you need to think about it. Think about getting that region-free Blu-ray player. But, uh, yeah, so that's... And then also Second Sight's putting out Martin. And I don't know if they're going to do as big as a box set because the Dawn of the Dead's thick. I mean, it's like a big box set. From what I've judged, it's about as thick as, like, the Samuel Fuller box set or something like that. Yeah, because it includes the novel, too. It includes the novel, the soundtrack, all three or four versions or whatever, and... yeah. Some other extras too. 
Yeah, so I don't know if they're going to go all out like that for Martin or not, but Martin's coming out, and then uh, Walkabout, which is a really good Ausploitation film, which we talked about on the show before, is coming out from Second Sight. Uh, Grindhouse releasing, just put out The Swimmer again. <laughs> just put it out again. This time with, you know, three-disc special edition, limited edition box Just to set. piss off all you collectors that bought it the first time. Yeah, so if you bought The Swimmer the first time, that sucks for you. Definitely. But, I didn't buy the swimmer because I thought it looked a little bare bones. I was a little suspicious. I was like, really? Grindhouse is just going to do kind of a bare bones? They're not like that. Yeah. They usually always put out the audio. Yeah, Charlie was telling me that it's just like a standard jewel case. The the blue, thinner Mm -hmm. case. That just seems really unusual. Yeah. So, I I went ahead and pre-ordered that. We had the Arrow sale, we had the Criterion sale, just started yesterday, the Barnes & Nobles. Yeah, the the Barnes & Noble sale's not too bad. I saw they're about 20 bucks, right? Most of their Criterion. Yeah, and... Which isn't a terrible deal. I mean, It's more like a 15% off sale, yeah. really. Like, polyester I bought for $20, but you can get polyester on Amazon for $27. Yeah, hmm. so it's kind of like the Vinegar Syndrome sale. It's more like vinegar syndrome sale was more like thirty percent or thirty five. Yeah, because theirs were, were about seventeen fifty each. But you're never going to see a Criterion for twenty dollars unless it's a sale. So yeah, you just got to kind of the best price you can get. You just got to kind of, kind of take it, you know. But um, and you had the Severance sale. That was a shit show. God, God damn yeah. it! Yeah, did you? Were you guys there day like the night of? Yeah, midnight? I was. Yeah, yeah. I logged into the site and. I mean, I tried to. <laughs> I kept getting the loading the screen, mm-hmm. and I was try- I was trying to get the Hemispheres box set. That was my main objective, and um, well, it I'm sold gonna, out so fast. I'm gonna end up probably canceling my order because I don't have I don't have the money now. I still haven't gotten my email. Really? Yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's been maybe I don't know how many weeks now. It's a bit two weeks. About. Was it this past Friday? Oh, yeah, at least, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sorry, but I don't have $130, because that's what I, the order I was, I, I, I placed the order through email. Uh-huh. I don't have $130 I can just sit on. Right. I, I already blew it on dumb sh- other dumb shit I didn't need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I ended up getting a couple of movies. I was thinking I was just going to cancel just because I was so fed up with the bullshit, but then yeah. when it came through, I was like, all right, fine. And now it's a waiting game to see how long it's going to take to get the shit. So you've gotten, did you order through the email? Yeah. Did they send you an email saying that, mm-hmm. the invoice and all that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, did you, um. Did you get uh, Frankie and his pals? Yeah, I got Frankie and his pals. Oh, God, that was a shit show. Yeah. yeah they only I thought, had 100 copies. copies. What the fuck, Severin, like really? Thou- I thought they said it would be 1,000 when they first. So the other copies were it. tied up in the bundle. Oh, okay. Because yeah. the bundles included yeah. it as well. Yeah, there were only a hundred individual copies you can purchase. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, that's fucking Who dumb. Who thought that was a good idea? Okay, so Severin, you know, you got a lot of love at the beginning of the year and last year, but man, this sale thing—I don't know—that's some dark force shit going on right now. Yeah, yeah. what they wrote. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like when you write shit like that, you just look dumb. Yeah. They were so all, don't do it. They were on their way to getting the top spot in the fl- the flippies this year. Mm-hmm. They were they were well on their way to the flippies. I almost was just gonna say they already won the flippies just because they had Adamson box set, but I, I don't know now. I don't know now. The highly esteemed flippies goes to somebody else, more than likely. I, I'm not uh, saying definitively. The flippies, 
have not been cast yet. The Floopies might go to second sight. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how's, what's the Criterion put out this year? Anything? I don't know. I mean... It, se- it seems like they've been the kind of slowing down. Eventually. Yeah, they got that Bruce Lee set. Yeah. There's some other set they came out with. But I'm yeah, to be honest though, with Criterion, I'm very like hit or miss. Oh yeah, they put I, out. Some... I think they put out a lot of artsy shit. Yeah, they put out that one. Ah, there's this director I forget her name, but they put all her movies out. Is it the one that you're telling me about where, like, people in your film school class were all nuts over? Yeah, it was this bitch. I don't know. She'll like film herself eating cereal. And it's like, oh my god! It's like a two-hour film, but the, yeah, they they really I can't remember her name because I don't really give a fuck about her. But um, she's made like a ton of movies, and they put all her movies out on one like god, definitive why? box set. And I just I I've seen about three or four of her films, and they were just like I just wanted to die afterwards. And everybody else is probably like, this is a masterpiece. Yeah, Kinda I like had a lot of people. Bills above we've talked about. <laughs> why Why do people like his films? I was going to say, if people are offended by, like, I don't know, Song of the South or, or films like that, don't watch a Bill Zabob film, for the love of God. He just seems like he's edgy for the sake of being edgy. Yeah, it's he's kinda just... kind of cringy. Yeah, he's just saying, like, really offensive things just to be offensive. Like, I can do it, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, and it's just like... Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I was a, f- I'm a fan of Bells of Up, but like, yeah, some of those films are just like, oh god, it's one of those, you know. But some of them are just straight. I mean, like Dick Shark's just kind of a straight. I mean, it's a, like a three hour film, though. But <clears throat> you said all of his films were like two, at least two hours, right? That yeah. one you watched was two and a half, I think. Yeah. So. But yeah, um, Criterion. Everybody's. I remember everybody being all excited about Breaking Waves too. I don't really like that movie either. But, anyways, yeah, Criterion's weird. They used to just be real dry films, real artsy films, but now they're starting to they're putting out like Godzilla and Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah, so I don't God. I don't know how to feel about them. They yeah. put out that polyester Smellorama too. That's cool. They've been doing some cool stuff, and the the uh, uh, police story, you know. Oh yeah, Police Story. Yeah, that's a good one. So they put out good stuff, but then yeah, they put and out they like put the out boring stuff. Video drum. I, they, they've done that. Yeah. So. And for Harrison, they put out that Ingrid Bergman set too. Oh yeah. That thing's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. But uh. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Criterion's got that Bruce Lee set. I'm not too excited about it just because I already own most of the films in that set. I, I think that set seems a little overpriced. I don't know where it's all overpriced, that is, yeah. Yeah, but very. It was $100 at Barnes & Noble's. He only did like but yeah, four, 50% he only off, did so four films, 50. right? Isn't it just four films or three? Yeah, technically so four. Like, why is this so much money? There's, I don't know what I think there's six films, though. Is there six? I thought but he only did he, like three. Some of them are like after he's been dead. So. Oh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've already seen them all, and you know, it's not, I'm not like a huge fan. I mean, I like Enter the Dragon. I think, I think if you just have Enter the Dragon, that kind of sums up all of his other films. It's kind of yeah. the pinnacle of everything. So it's kind of like the best of Bruce Lee. Well, the Pandemonium events have been doing really good. We did Rabbit and Intruder last 
or at the beginning of this month. Yeah, and I thought that was a great turnout. Yeah, and there's a lot of people having fun too. Mm-hmm. I think it was the best turnout we've ever had. Yeah, and then we had the full moon turnout, which was a lot of fun. Then we had the sartan. We had the spaghetti western, which me and Curtis have always wanted to do like a spaghetti western night, and we were always kind of like iffy about that. Yeah, we have all these films that we would like to have play there, but we think, well, how successful would they be? That's honestly the hardest part about picking films for that, because there's there's so many that I could just throw out there. Yeah, but I know I, there's a lot that I know people wouldn't come out for. That I think I know people. Yeah, like would people come out for Psycho Cop? That's one that I was wanting to do. Yeah, or Wacko. Yeah. Wacko. Or Wacko. Yeah, like those movies are awesome, but I don't know. Yeah. People would come out to that. And we are planning the Pandemonium weekend. I don't think we can tell too much about it, but we do know the lineup. I think we've got the lineup pretty much squared away. Pretty and much. Does he? Does Joe have it set, square set? Yeah, he pretty much took. Harris, I pretty much gave him Harrison's list, your list, and my list, and he just kind of picked from oh, those. Oh, okay. So we know roughly what he's going to choose, but we don't know exactly that. Yeah, and you know, for the flip side fans, I'll give you a little little something-something. So, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but Pandemonium Weekends have always done um, Russ, a Russ Myers film on 35. That's kind of a big one. Don, Don always pushes for that. So, we are going to do a 35 Russ Myers film. Um, I won't say which one, but I think people will be happy with it. It's not one of his major ones. I I don't think people will be happy with it at first because they'll be like, what the fuck is that? But then when they watch it, they're like, oh shit, this is really good. And then Don is really pushing and it'll probably happen for a 35mm print of um, Mad Dog Morgan. Sweet, yeah, that'd be awesome. And we might try to uh, we might try to see if we can get uh, Roger Ward back to do like another intro, maybe. That'd be cool. Have him fly in. Uh, yeah, awesome, have him fly in. I'd, man, that plane ticket would be so expensive. Yeah. Oh, God. But yeah, I, I, the lineup is incredible. I think it's gonna be the best year. Um, it's gonna be hard to top the Linnea Quigley year, though. Yeah, yeah. That weekend just sucked because of the rain. I swear. Yeah. So, the pain moment weekend is coming back for all you fucking bitchers. Fucking. What are you weekend? doing on the weekend? Though? We've been telling you we're doing it on a weekend. We didn't have a pandemonium event last year because some shit got fucked up with It Chapter 2. It Chapter 2 kind of fucked things up for us. And then a lot of the films were vaulted. I think they're still vaulted, maybe, but I know Joe was having a lot of problems with that last year. Yeah. So, pandemonium weekend will happen. Uh,. I guess we don't even really want to say the dates yet, but Skyline will announce uh, it. Keep yeah. Keep your eyes peeled for Skyline's announcement of it. We're still kind of working on it. Joe Joe's been uh, talking to us about it every time we see him. Usually, so it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome, I think. And then we also still got a plenty of other movies lined up. Of course, the Duke Mitchell for the end of this month is gonna be insane. Uh, relatives of Ryan are gonna get in free. Joe Joe's already. Uh, you know, said that's totally cool. He's going to... I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll figure it out. And then... Uh, also playing a couple of short films from... Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, Jacob Horn. His movie, The Neutrals, is going to come out. And it, 
It's awesome. It's it's. I think it's going to be the first time it's ever going to play in Indiana. Definitely the first time ever at a drive-in. And uh, you guys will really like that. It's kind of like an Alex Cox sort of punk film. Hmm. It's really cool. And then uh, The Greatest Song Never Played by uh, Jake O'Brien, which is kind of a... I don't know. It's kind of like a... It's kind of like its own thing, I guess. It's a pretty cool movie. But yeah, those are those are going to screen. Uh, and then Jacob Horn and Jake O'Brien are going to be there. So... If you wanted to meet him or whatever, talk to him. That's cool. And then um, there's going to be a couple of directors there that we can actually. And I don't know. This movie might draw some people. I know. Um, I know Mark uh, Hoyk has been talking about wanting to come down. Yeah. So you, we might get him. Um, there's there's been a few people talking about wanting to come down for this event. I mean, it's it's going to be a historical event, so. Who else has talked about it? Mark Hoyk and... Was Rob Butler going to be there? Yeah, Rob Butler's planning on being there. Um, yeah, Don was telling me some people. I forget now. But, I mean, that what what if we got the Grindhouse releasing guys to be there? That'd be tight. That would be cool. I doubt that'll happen, though. Yeah. They never responded to my email, either. So. Yeah, for the show, we had planned to get a couple people on the show, but they kind of turned us down, so... Or Did just didn't even respond. From, um, Jeffrey Mitchell? No. We tried to get Jeffrey Mitchell on the show. That's not happening, I don't think. Unless he decides to call us right now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's a lot going on in the news. It's pretty exciting stuff going on right now. Mr. No Legs has shipped for the people who have pre-ordered Mr. No Legs. We've been talking about that for a while. Massacre Video has been talking about it for about six years. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's finally shipped. It's actually in the postal service, so it's kind of crazy. Um, I'm, it looks like I'm probably going to get it here in about a week. So, but yeah, now the Arrow sale I think still going on. If you guys want to do that, the Barnes and Noble sale still going on. So go ahead and get on there, get that shit. And they do last for a while. I think I saw the Arrow sale goes on. Is it till August? One of them lasts till August. Yeah, so seriously, get on that. What was that site where we got all those arrows for real cheap? We got like Sheba Baby and Oh, that was MVD. Yeah, but MVD. Much it's over. Everything. Yeah. But if you would have got on there earlier, you could have gotten. Uh, they had a pretty good selection at first mm-hmm. of Blu-rays, and they were only um, what seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine. That's got U.S. Clones. dollars. I got Killer Clones from Outer Space, Rage of Honor, Pray for Death for seven ninety nine each. And then mm-hmm. I also got Bloodbath, which is um, like two discs, comes with four different versions, a poster, a booklet, and like a big slip cover. And that was like eight ninety nine or nine ninety nine. Yeah, that looks really cool. Looks like a cool set. That was um, Track of the Vampire is one of the alternate versions of that, and that's the one that the strand played. Yeah, I remember that movie. Millimeter. Yeah. So yeah, they had a great set. I think I got Sheba Baby, Black Mama, White Mama. Which is the black, black Mama, White Mama's freaking awesome. Then they got Dillinger, Pray for Death, and Rage of Honor. Dillinger gets my thumbs up. Which Hold Pray on. for Death is fucking awesome if you're into ninja movies. Yeah. And then Rage of Honor is a lot like Pray for Death, but just not as good. I like. I the, saw you gave it a two and a half. Was it just? Yeah. So it's like average ninja movie. But I Pray like for the, Death is uh, really good. The theme song in Pray for Death. It's got a very eighties. I don't know if I have to pay attention to that. Yeah, you'll have to look it up sometime. 
Yeah. Um, Black Mama, White Mama had a really familiar soundtrack. And, of course, I was like, where's that from? Because, you know, it sounded familiar. Of course, it's in Kill Bill. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> he, he, like, sampled, burn? like, every burn? fucking movie from Kill Bill. Yeah. It's not that sound. Is it the... Burn, 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 or whatever. Like the... Oh, that... Or, yeah, that's what it is, yeah. No, that's from uh, Five Fingers of Death. Oh, okay. That... Yeah, that's what it is. And then after that, it cuts it's like, to... Yeah. Yeah. Nope. It's not that song. Sheba Baby has a really awesome show, song, too. And then William Girdler directed that movie, so it's a lot of fun. It's kind of like a PG exploitation film, but it definitely works. It it brings the heat. I mean, it's not like it's like PG by today's standard. I mean, mm-hmm. people are getting like shot and there's tons of yeah, blood. Yeah, that's um, that's crazy. Jaws was rated PG. So many movies <laughs> were rated PG back then that should not have been rated PG. Yeah. So, but if you want those movies, too bad. I think because now they're. They're not on sale anymore. Unless you wanted to get them Region B. Yeah, and they, they sold out of all the good ones. Harrison got on all a couple of them, didn't you? Yeah, I got a few, but you know, most of the stuff was picked out. I picked up some weird... I, I guess Arrow, for a while, had this Arrow Academy yeah. as a subdivision you know, mm-hmm. of their label where they show some classic films. So I got some noir film called The Big Knife. Oh, nice. We'll see, we'll see how it is. One that seemed kind of interesting was a Terror and a Texas town or something. Yeah, I was close. Cool. I was close to getting that. The last second, I changed my mind. But yeah, yeah I, I got some stuff, and yeah, it was, it was so cheap. You know, why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, like I even owned, like nothing. I already I just got a free copy of Killer Clowns from Outer Space before the sale, but it was the cheap one. Oh, yeah. the cycle case and the generic cover. It doesn't yeah. even have a DVD menu or any any type of menu. Yeah. No special features. So for seven ninety nine, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna upgrade." I got a reversible cover now, the big thick case, a lot of special features. Yeah, um, I think you know what I was thinking. Like I was, w- there was a time where I was thinking Arrow. People in the UK were so lucky with their Arrow. Yeah, but actually, a lot of the good Arrow titles that we have aren't in the UK. Like I don't think Black Mama, White Mama is. Hmm. And there's a, there's like a bunch of films. Where I was like, oh shit, maybe we are better off than they are. I just remember there for a while, because they did the announcements on Facebook, and it seemed like every time people would be bitching on their Facebook page, because they would have it divided, that picture, and it would say what was a US release, what was UK, and what was both. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Arrow, UK, always got more, and people would be bitching, because the US would have like a couple of dumb titles than the UK. That seemed like it was going yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And if you want to get into uh tinto brass which you know i like his stuff um none of his stuff is over here in the states and they have hounds of baskerville and they have um howling too they got a bunch of good shit i would like to own hounds of baskerville yeah and the best thing that they have is horror hotel which of course they release under city of the dead but um the horror hotel the special features for that are insane plus i don't think i've ever seen horror hotel digitally remastered because i always see it on like the the uh public domain dvds so it'd be kind of exciting to see it on blu-ray plus the christopher lee commentary that's gonna be fucking insane 
Yeah, um, I'm just glad that we have Aero Video because I remember there was a time not too long ago that they they just started coming to the United States in 2013, 2014. So for like three or four years, they were just in the UK only. Hmm. Yeah, so yeah, Aero's doing great. Um, they need to step up the game, though, if they want to win the Flippy, so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they'll win the Flippies <laughs> anytime because... That like, that Sartana box set was had them up pretty high the last year. In a lot of their releases, um, especially like what we talk about with the UK, it seems like most of those releases, not most, but a good portion of them, already have some type of American release. Yeah. Maybe under Scream Factory or Criterion or somebody, but. Yeah. I like Era Video for their foreign releases. The Asian films and um, some of the spaghetti westerns are really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're doing like ninja stuff too now. And yeah, I love that. They did that Herschel Gordon Lewis set. Mm-hmm. So, and then they got the Tinto Brass, which is whew. if you if you like naked chicks and like ass and stuff, <laughs> you gotta watch those Tinto Brass movies. They're like arsy as hell though, but at least you'll have a boner. At least you'll have a boner. Yeah. Power. Yeah, there's yeah, still no like power here at the at we may not even be watching movies tonight. Holy shit, we were gonna watch some films after this. Yeah, we had planned on watching, uh, maybe doing like a John Woo marathon, or or watching some of those other movies that Curtis brought over, or maybe even watching some Al Adamson movies, but yeah. like now we're not just now. sitting in the dark, twiddle our thumbs. First we were kind of upset because we weren't going to be able to have our drive-in out, outdoor theater. Now we Hell, if, if it gets bad, I might just go to Skyline. I mean... I may as well. Yeah. The power's going to be out. Yeah. I can go over there because Joe's got my order of um, Arrow blu-ray so i could pick those up what's playing tonight is it the they're playing tommy boy okay. days and confused and empire strikes back and actually the only reason i didn't plan on going to that is because we were going to watch movies but if we can't watch movies here hmm. fuck it but anyways that'll end the news there's a lot to talk about plenty of news that's happened since we last talked to you guys we're going to end the news there when we get back we're going to really get into the duke mitchell movies so stay tuned. Hey, Charlie, it's Jake Horn. Just calling to leave the message for the podcast. So, uh, here goes. Ryan was truly a force of nature. Everybody that came in contact with him was touched by him in some way, whether it be something that they found funny, something informative, or something touching, and it, it was something truly remarkable in himself. He brought it into his roles as well. He, in Greatest Song, Never Played and Neutrals, he had a very captivating screen presence that leaves an impact on you. He really does command the screen because he does have that part of him that was truly a, a, a force, something greater than himself. And it was a quality that I have not seen in many professionals, actors, or even people in general. And it is just one of the many, many things that made Ryan Oglin such a champion to, to, to have known, to have worked with, to have gotten to be a creative collaborator with. And unfortunately, I didn't get to know him for too long, only about a year. But within a year, that showed me so much about him, taught me so much about the world and in general. And yeah, Ryan Oglin was a force of nature and he, his impact is still being felt today and god damn that counts for something 
Hey Flipside, we're back and the uh, power came back on in the Flipside studio, so now we're back to the good audio setup. Hopefully the uh, other audio setup wasn't too bad. We, uh, kind of crazy story, we had to run to CVS to get batteries because the Zoom recorder was running out of batteries. CVS was out of power, so then we tried to go to Newcastle, which is kind of about, what, 15 minute drive? Yeah, something Yeah. (laughs) Then the power came back on, so we're good to go. Yeah, now we're going to really get into the Duke Mitchell collection. I guess not really the Duke Mitchell collection, but like we're going to go over like Duke Mitchell's filmography. Now, if we're if we're going to go we're going to go way back to Duke Mitchell's first movie, which was um Bela Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla. And his character's name in that was Duke Mitchell. Or Dukey. Doki. Because it's kind of a uh, rip-off of, was it Dean Martin and Sammy, or was it... Yeah, Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis, yeah. 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 It was a complete rip-off, and in fact, they actually got sued. Really? Yeah. Huh. That might be why the movie's public domain, even, I don't know. That could be true, yeah. Because yeah. I know they've got, um... Yeah, he was, um, the, the king of Palm Springs, um... I think The mayor, had... yeah. I don't think he was the man. He was called the king because he was. Oh, like, I thought he was. I thought they had him as like honorary mayor. I, they might have, but I I know they had something like the king of because he used to play yeah. Palm Springs all the time. Yeah, he actually filmed uh, some of the scenes in Master Mafia style and some of the clubs that he'd play at as like a favor. He was like gold in Palm Springs. I mean, yeah. everybody knew. Him. Yeah, he was kind of like the Frank Frank Sinatra in that area. Yeah, but um, it, I think he was first known for being a lounge singer. Yeah. And then with that, he got the role in Belagos Meets a Broken Gorilla where he sings a lot in it. Yeah. Instead of old school kind of singing. Yeah, like I, don't th- I, don't think, I don't think that's him singing. Maybe they did it oh, separately, really? but it sounds way different. Yeah. It doesn't not sound like, like him. I thought it kind of sounds like him, though. Okay, well, I may have to rewatch it. We might it. need to. We're, we're freeballing yeah. this, boys, by the way. So. Yeah. But I think he had been in a few movies maybe before then as two-bit roles. But that was his first time they were like hey we want you in a movie yeah yeah and the movie um i wouldn't recommend it but uh yeah if you i mean if you're curious definitely check it out and on the massacre mafia style blu-ray that grindhouse released it's on there it's like a special feature so yeah you have to Hmm. sift through the menus a little bit yeah yeah but the movies, the full-length movies on there if you want to watch it. Or, I mean, it's pretty easy to find. Is it, it's probably um, on YouTube. I mean, Have you really? watched it? Probably, yeah. Disc? Yeah. Has it looked good? Yeah, it looks really it looks good. Like they remastered it looks like it. they remastered it somewhat. Cleaned it up a little bit. I'm not sure they gave it the whole Grindhouse treatment. It but probably doesn't deserve it. No. But, I mean, it's kind of enjoyable bad fun, though, in a way. Because you get that dumb Sammy Petrillo character. Yeah. Or whatever. And so annoying. He's like, Dookie. Dookie. Yeah. So then, of course, 1975 rolls around, and you got Massacre Mafia style. So this is a few years. What, Brooklyn Gorilla probably came out like 55? Yeah, I think it was maybe mid to late 50s. Bill Lugosi was still, he wasn't like old, old like he was in uh, the Ed Wood movies, but he was you yeah, know, this is obviously past. He was her. definitely a has been, and yeah. his teeth were fucked. Yeah. Um. Uh. But so probably about fifty five. So about twenty years later. Hmm. Now makes... it's worth mentioning too. Or, sorry, I was didn't mean to cut you off there. But I um, know you're good. He's done some TV appearances and performances too. 
like on that disc, they've got a special feature uh, feature where he's doing some type of. Uh, damn, I don't remember the name of the singer, but yeah, so he's doing an impression of him. Yeah, so it's not TV. like uh, it's not like he was like, you know, hiding behind a rock all those years. Right, but he was doing other things. He was yeah, he was making us mark on the world in the musical world. Especially like lounge singers like Vegas type stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Probably mm-hmm. he made a lot of connections which helped them later mm-hmm. with these movies, which we'll go over. But yeah, I know what you're talking about with that special feature. Let me see if I see it on here. He's wearing they makeup. They have they have the Duke Mitchell home movies too. He's yeah, in full makeup and he's singing and it's a, it was a televised. Oh, Jimmy Durant. Jimmy Durant, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of a weird performance. I remember watching some of it, but yeah. It's like a tribute to him, but yeah. So he was, you know, he was doing his own thing, making connections, and then, you know, he comes up and uh, decides to make Ma- Massacre Mafia style, and, um, you know, he's starring in it, he's directing it, and uh, I think he originally wanted Frank Sinatra to be in the role, right? Yeah, so he he approached Frank Sinatra to be the lead. As, as Mimi and they were friends yeah they were they had known each other for a long time and Frank Sinatra's response was Duke I love you baby but I I, I appear in real movies <laughs> I act in real movies yeah so he's yeah. he was kind of busy I mean if you think about it you know he's the Rat Pack he's in Ocean's Eleven you know he's he's he's, he's, he's been in some like Big time Hollywood films. So when you approach, so him this with, was definitely beneath him. Yeah, if you approach him with a script like that, a title like that, yeah, which it, it's actually got several different titles. It's got one I think that's just called The Executioner. Um, like Father, Like Son. Oh, I like that title. And then Massacre Mafia style, yeah. which kind of interesting story about um, because it, it's it's heavily tied with The Godfather because that's part of part of the reason why he made that. He thought The Godfather sucked. Mm-hmm. And he said that it it wasn't um, it wasn't accurate, and Master Mafia style is not accurate either. But it's more sleazy. I always felt like The Godfather because I read up on the mob and stuff, and the mafia is not you know like The Godfather. They're a lot more sleazier, f bombs and yeah, it's more ballsy. Yeah, than Godfather, I think. Um, I think I think I think like for me, I think Master Mafia style has replaced. Uh, Godfather. Like, if I'm in the mood for, like, a Mafia movie, it's probably going to be Massacre Mafia style from now on. Yeah. Hmm, okay. So it's kind of interesting about that, and I kind of have to wonder if maybe Massacre Mafia style didn't, wasn't influenced by it a little bit. Duke supposedly preferred Massacre Mafia style as a title, is what I remember reading. But I know with The Godfather, when they were making The Godfather, the Mafia in New York was so powerful, they were, they basically had, I think it was Joe Colombo or... Joe Bonanno or somebody, one of the bosses in New York, he read the script of The Godfather and he was marking out words and shit on it. Oh, one of the shit. things that he was yeah. one of the things he marked out was he marked out Mafia. So I kind of will have really? to wonder if maybe Massacre Mafia style didn't get Ma- Massacre Mafia style removed because of that because they didn't want that word around because at the time the Mafia was still a pretty secret society. Everybody's on the radio, you know politicians we need to crack down on the mafia so they were proofreading the godfather script that is sketchy as hell well the mafias had their hands in a lot of movies because i mean think about the text chains the massacre massacre shit that went down yeah you know yeah, jim uh 
was it Joe Duggan or what's his name? The guy who played Grandpa. He was telling me some of the stories about that. Deep Throat was one that they helped support. They they funded that one as well. Yeah. They were doing all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, it was real shady stuff, and they would back out on deals, and they if you didn't make a profit, you know, shit would happen. Yeah, because he was telling me they didn't really make any money off of that because the, the, the mob was basically extorting them and taking all the money, which I told yeah. you guys about that one. <clears throat> the mobster who funded helped fund the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, was he just recently died. Really? He was 103 years old. He was the oldest living mobster. Wow. Yeah, so you kind of got that stuff going on. I, I haven't heard too much about that with Masker Mafia style, though. Have you? I mean, is there any... Other than he actually did use actual mob members, right, in some of the roles? He might have, but I do know some of the things that happened in the movie he actually took from stories he heard. Because he hung out with mob guys all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like I know so it's the, probably not on you. It's probably it's probably not so far out there to think that he probably actually used mob members. Right, because I wouldn't be surprised. Some of these, uh, a lot of these guys, especially in Gone with the Pope, which we'll talk about here in a minute, they weren't actors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. they so definitely know, um, weren't actors. Speaking of that, this, the real stories. I know two of the real stories were one of them was, um, and I'm not. Maybe I shouldn't spoil it too much, but cover your ears. Um. This, the Easter Sunday thing where the guy gets crucified. Oh, yeah. That actually yeah. happened. Oh, God. Yeah, and then Damn. the one where he's um, plugging the guy's thing into the urinal. Yeah. Oh. I think that might have actually been what Duke... I think Duke actually did, did that. that. Yeah. yeah, he did that to somebody else earlier. And I think... Oh, uh, God. I think his son was either there or had heard about it. Because there was an interview where his son was talking about Yeah, because... Because I guess uh, a lot of people laugh during that scene. There's, there's a scene in Master Mafia style. It's not ruining anything because it's the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But they take a guy in a wheelchair and he's got like those Forrest Gump legs, you know? <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. but uh, So they shove his leg in a urinal and flush a urinal and he like electrocutes himself. And a lot of people laugh at that scene. I, but, but Jeffrey was like, oh no, that shit works. Because I, I've seen it happen, you know, basically. Yeah, that's crazy. Damn. And so, if you're going to watch that scene at the drive-in, I guess... I never thought it was funny. It's going to be unusual. So, when I go to see cult movies with other people, um, they laugh at things that I don't... Like, I went and saw uh, um, Night of the Hunter. And... These people were like laughing hysterically, and I'm thinking, what? You know, I'm trying to think what they're laughing at. You know what I mean? So we'll see. Or like Intruder, there's a lot of people laughing at Intruder we'll at, at weird scenes. At. Just weird stuff. I don't know. Hmm. Just see when I, I think. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to sound like a freaking snob or something, but I think when you watch so many movies from that era all the time, like I mostly am watching movies from like the 70s. And when you watch movies so much on that time, you don't pick up on the cheesy, out-of-date stuff anymore, I don't think, maybe. Maybe that's it. I, I could see that. Yeah, so, like, hmm. there are parts in Massacre Mafia style that I think are freaking hilarious, but I think they're intended to be. Like The Ring. I've seen it all a million yeah. times. And then there's some weird editing in uh, Gone with the Pope that I think is freaking hilarious. But, like, there's nothing in it... There's not, like, a line or something that he might say that I would laugh at. So it would be interesting seeing it with other people who aren't used to movies like that and be like, oh, my God, that's so outdated. Mm-hmm. 
But there's some. Uh, there's definitely a lot of uh, racist stuff in the movie now. I mean, you know, some of the words he uses and some of the terms he uses. Definitely, yeah. Um, so people, I don't know if people are gonna laugh at that or if they're gonna be like, ooh, probably be like, but uh, yeah, the movie's incredible. Um, the Blu-ray looks so good too. So I don't want you guys to think you know it's gonna look like crap or anything. It's gonna look. I mean, it looks like it was just filmed. And then uh, the characters are so good. You got Mimi, played by Duke Mitchell, main character, mm-hmm. and you got Jolly, played by oh, yeah. Vic Caesar. He was the he wrote the campaign song, or I think he actually performed it too for Richard Nixon. Oh shit! Nixon's huh. the one. And he's Damn. a very lovable character. Like I love him. Yeah, I like I like I like Jolly almost as much as I like Mimi. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And they have good chemistry together, those two, and I think it really shows in the movie. And uh, then you got then you got the uh, girlfriend. She does a really good job, actually. Uh, she, she's terrible at acting, but she has some very um, heartfelt moments and scenes that are really Definitely. good. Way better than yeah. the other, other girl from Gone with the Pope. Yeah. Really <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. She's just Definitely. terrible all around. Yeah. So, the movie's just a ton of fun. I mean, honestly, uh, Curtis introduced it to me, what, maybe couple of years ago maybe maybe two years ago yeah that's when you were living at the apartment and i remember bringing yeah. it over like you gotta check this out yeah and i remember kind of being like uh you know I w- honestly Kurt- curtis had talked really good about it so i was like hey, it's probably gonna be a pretty pretty decent film you know I-, I would say i would say i was expecting like a three-star film maybe and then when i watched it it was um it really when you hear that when you hear that term hidden gem it's like I had gone 28 years without even hearing about this movie or knowing anything about it. And this is somebody who my favorite era in movies is the 70s. I, I like anything 70s. And I had never even heard of this movie. And then I watched this and it freaking blew my mind how good it was. And each time I watched it after that, it was even better and better. I bought the Blu-ray, you know, and it's just like I've seen it over the course of two years. I've probably seen it more than 20 times. And that's, I mean, that's fact. So yeah, it was kind of funny. The first time I watched it, I actually saw it on a uh, Turner Classic Movies. Really? Yeah. They oh pl- man, they, I didn't they, know that. <laughs> they played it at like midnight. And my good and lord! Wow. This was before the Blu-ray was out. It was just about ready to come out, and I guess for whatever reason, Turner Classic Movies played it. And my brother said, "Hey, <laughs> so I know you uh, were wanting that Massacre Mafia style movie, and I saw that Turner Classic Movies was playing it, so I recorded it for you." What year was that? Would you say? The blue. It was just a few months before the Blu-ray came out, so 2012, 13, maybe. Man, Turner Classic wow. Movies and uh, what was that other channel that always played the Puppet Master? Oh, um, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? I think it, yeah. Those two channels back in the day. I'm talking like early 2000s into like 2010s. They were playing some good shit. They're playing some shit like they AMC do. used to do it too. They don't play anything. AMC, now. that's all. Yeah, that was the channel. Yeah, AMC. Well, yeah. Remember how good their Monster Fest used to be? Oh God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh like my Day God. Of the Dead, Night of the Comet. Yeah, and then with Turner Classic Movies, like during the day they'd show like Maltese Falcon and stuff like that, you know. But yeah. then at night they were showing like Devil's Rain. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, no, Turner Classic Movie wasn't showing Devil's Rain. AMC was, but they were they were showing some crazy shit. 
I'll Do you remember when they used to have a uh, thing? It was like Grindhouse Saturdays or something. No. At, at <laughs> that er, awesome. the early mornings, they'd play the really weird, obscure shit. Well, okay, so I had I had Directv up until two thousand nine. And then I moved out of my parents, and I didn't have TV anymore. So if it was after 2009, I I didn't know anything about it. It was probably about right then is when I first started watching a little bit of it. I don't remember what they played, but it was shit kind of like Massacre Mafia styles, what they would play. That may have, been, awesome. what, that may have been what nice. they were playing it whenever my brother recorded it. Yeah, so I, I didn't have any sort of television from like 2009 till like last year. So as far as channels and stuff like that, I don't know. I, I don't have TV. I have a head. Yeah. I only have the basic cable. Cable. Same. Yeah. No I have TV the, at all. Uh, I have just the, streaming I have for me. Sling. Yeah. Sling, yeah. So that's kind of got all those channels. Right. That kind of replicates TV, but yeah. with streaming. Yeah. I get CBS, Comet TV, and not much else. Those channels. Comet's pretty, yeah. Comet's pretty cool. There's never anything good on anyway, so I'm not missing anything. I miss L. Ray Network so bad. I L. Had, Ray was pretty good. They had that on Sling for like a few months. But uh, anyways, getting back to Massacre Mafia style. Um, it's just... I, I, I love, I'm I a big sucker for the whole director being the main actor too thing. So that kind of got me too. Yeah, and Duke always has these uh, speeches and things that he does. And yeah. Don't the Pope and Massacre Mafia style. In Massacre Mafia style, it's about the violence and the Italians. And I love this woman, Chucky. It's kind mm-hmm. of awkward, but it's really heartfelt, at least. So it works. Yeah, and then yeah. the speech in Gone with a Pope is real is more like angry, like mm-hmm. anger at the church, pointing finger kind of thing. But it's it's real powerful too. Yeah, but yeah, Duke is like an incredible actor. He's an incredible director, and. Uh, I think it really shows, especially in Massacre Mafia style, how how good he acts, and how emotional, how how much of a range he has, like with emotions. He'll go from angry to like in tears with mm. a speech to goofing around, having a fun time with people. You know, yeah. he's kind of got the humor going on with you know he's like with his girlfriend and how he treats Jolly. He'll make he'll like crack jokes and stuff, but then he'll get real serious like at the dinner table with the with the uh, old lady. And then he'll get that real kind of emotional, like, almost crying when he's doing, like, the Gone with the Pope, his boat speech when he's, that, yeah, when they leave so him. Great, yeah. And it's so funny because he'll he'll get this really great performance and then one of the actors will be like, you're right. <laughs> That's absolutely right. You know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> I give your speech thumbs up. Are, are the worst, the funniest actually, the best example is when he's giving that speech to the old lady. And then he's done. He, he he delivered this amazing heartfelt speech about it. Just summarized so blood. much. We give her death. Yeah, and then she's like, "In a lot of ways, Mimi, you are like your father." You know, that's, yeah. It's like, like, <laughs> like really. So um, the contrast there is pretty funny. From like really good acting from Jolly and and Mimi to just like garbage. Yeah, just straight garbage, and the contrast is really high with Gone with the Pope. I don't, I don't think there's a like Massacre Mafia style. There's some people where you're like, oh, they're pretty good, but with Gone with the Pope, like it was basically just Duke. Like nobody else could act yeah. at all. Yeah. 
Like, I can't think of anybody else that acted good. I would really be curious to see what the difference was with budget and resources available. Mm -hmm. Because I know with Gone with the Pope, like, he was really financially strained. Because, like, I remember watching some of the extras, Jeffrey Mitchell kind of talks a little bit about it, I think, where he says that his, he remembers watching his dad editing Gone with the Pope and kind of the difficulties with that. And I think that's really why it was never finished, because I think most of the filming was done, it just wasn't edited. And then he got lung cancer, and then he just ran out of money and he died. Makes sense. Yeah. I do wonder how it was fine. Like, so these are independent movies, so how did he... I kind of wonder how he financed I think the first he had one. a lot of connections with rich yeah. people. I think he yeah. really had all the connections he could want. Um, but no, yeah, they so, do have an interview with one of the... The distributor of Massacre Mafia style. Oh, I have to watch that. Yeah, I remember watching that. What's it he was say? Interesting. Uh, he just kind. I don't remember for sure. It's been a while. I haven't watched that special feature since I first got the Blu-ray like seven years ago. But he kind of talks a little bit about um, just the distribution in general. Whether I think they asked him whether or not Massacre Mafia style did very well at the box office. I think he said it did moderately okay. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't remember who distributed the theatrical release, but yeah. So his next movie gone with the Pope. It's a really bizarre story. Um, so they started filming it around 1975, right? Yeah. We saw October, I think. Yeah. We were looking at the, we were looking at the, uh, deleted, well, it was like outtakes. Yeah. And we saw the slate said 75 and we saw different titles. One title was po- the Pope. And the other title was Kiss the Ring. But uh, he never finished it, unfortunately. Duke Mitchell passed away. Lung cancer, right? Yeah, I think it was 82 or 83. Yeah. And so the movie just kind of sat in a garage. And the, uh, you know, Grindhouse was able to secure the prints. And they had a guy edit it together. And I think, and they had uh, his son... Um, do a soundtrack. There was already there was already kind of a soundtrack, but he did a little bit more flushed out songs, and it's it's a big change because Duke Mitchell, like Massacre Mafia style, had nothing but like lounge music type stuff. I mean, this movie had lounge music, but also had like this really kick ass rock and roll music. Yeah, for sure. But the release date for Gone with the Pope, even though they filmed it in '75, the release date is 2009. Yeah. So that's just and it was never wild. officially on Blu-ray till 2013, but 2009 is when I think when they were doing like the theatrical tour. Yeah, and I remember seeing the T-shirts too that they released were, were kind of cool for the tour. But but nothing about it set, set, looks like it's 2009. Everything about it looks like it's 75. The music, even the new music they made, sounds like a 75. I bet you they well, probably used music that he made back then. Yeah, it's Jeffrey Mitchell's music. I think that he made in the 70s. Yeah, and then. Um, the editing isn't... The editing is like 1975, too, where it's not like... Editing now is more like fast-paced, you know? Mm. Like, cut, 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 we cut, We gotta cut. keep these people's yeah. attention. So it still has that 70s feel to it. Uh, so whoever did it knew a lot about how to edit a film for that era. But, um... And I think a lot of it was... Not a lot of it, but some of it was already edited, too. Yeah. So what I, what I heard is that... I don't know if it was Sage Stallone or Bob Murawski... But it was in like the mid nineties. They were one of them was looking 
to release Massacre Mafia style. I think it was Sage Stallone. And that's actually how um, Grindhouse Releasing was formed. Because for some reason, maybe Sage Stallone and... They bumped into each other, something, through Massacre Mafia style. And then that's how they formed Grindhouse Releasing. But around 96, which is when Grindhouse Releasing was formed, they were digging through um, the garage, Jeffrey Mitchell, Duke Mitchell's house, garage, and um, Jeffrey Mitchell told them that he saw that his dad had like unfinished film prints and scripts and things, and they said they didn't really have much of a script when they were editing that. Some notes, and that was about it. And the footage was just jumbled. And yeah, and I mean, I hate to say this, but shows um, Gone with the Pope, like we said, it's really unfocused. It really doesn't have like this. It doesn't really play out like your standard movie, where it's like this. This movie's about this, and we're gonna do this and do this. It was like we're doing this now, we're doing this now, we're doing. You know, it's really unfocused. Is really the best way to say it, but it's still a lot of fun. I. I've said this many times on the show. It's my favorite out of the two. I love Gone with the Pope. I like the Las Vegas atmosphere of it. I like the music. Um, I'm kind of a big fan of stilted acting like that, too. Kind of got that David Lynch sort of surrealist type stuff going mm-hmm. on with the acting. But it it's completely unintentional. Whereas in David Lynch films, like it's all intentional. But in this film, it's unintentional. But still works exactly the same way. So I'm more of a gun with the Pope. I, I think most people prefer Masker Mafia style. Yeah. I think Ma- Harrison, you probably prefer. I would I would say I would prefer Masker Mafia Ryan style. I preferred Masker Mafia style. And Curtis definitely prefers Masker Mafia Jacob style. I think Jacob Bryan said he likes Gone with the Pope, though, didn't he? Yeah, what but. Say? Well, I haven't talked too much about that. I was trying to tell him not to watch it till we play at the Skyline, because that would be cool for your yeah. first time, you know. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm alone, but really. It's close. It's not like yeah. It's not like Mas- It's not like Curtis thinks Massacre Mafia style is way better than Gone with the Pope. It, it's close. Yeah, it's close. Like you know, it's like a pair of children. Yeah. So, and, and I like Massacre Mafia style just because, like you like you said, it was more focused. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, if he had more, if it if he had actually had more focus with Gone with the Pope, and like you said, um. Been able, been able to finish it, maybe, the way he wanted to. Because it sounds like with Master Mafia style, because that was first, he probably had more money and more resources available. And he's able to edit it and see yeah. if maybe he needs to do some reshots or some some ADR or stuff and like that. And he had support for Master Mafia style a little bit. It sounds like with that distributor, he probably made some money off of it. And whatever money yeah. he made probably went in and gone with the Pope. Which yeah. probably wasn't much. Yeah, so... It's you know I think if if you like one you're gonna like the other, um, they're not that much different really, and Gone with the Pope is sort of like the unofficial sequel, and uh, so I mean it's gonna be a lot of fun. You're gonna want to stay for both films definitely. But yeah, Duke Mitchell is quite the character. Like if you study his life, he had a really bad temper. He got in a lot of fights, and actually when we were watching the outtakes, um, he he's kind of a almost like a tyrant director. Yeah, <laughs> or he'd be he he'd be saying his lines all of a sudden. He's like, "Who's fucking talking? Shut Who that the kid up fuck back is there. talking?" Yeah, he's like, "Shut that fucking kid up back there." At one point, he just says like, he screams into the mic or something, and he, it actually yeah. clips. Yeah, because he's like, he's like, he's like, so we're gonna you know steal the pope and who's fucking talking? 
who the fuck is talking? You know, like, yeah, <laughs> it was just like, he'd be like all calm and collective doing the scene. And then all of a sudden, and, and there'd then, be like planes going over and cars yeah. and he'd be like, oh, fuck. The plane, we can, <laughs> we're still getting the plane. <laughs> and he was one of those directors. So like with, so, okay. So William Castle, let's use an example. William Castle was notorious for like one take. He was a one take mm. director. So he would he would let the person do their thing and if they fucked up or whatever, he would just like keep going. And then when they were done they're like, Alright, perfect, let's move on. <laughs> and then Duke Mitchell is a little different. He he was more conscious of like film. So you can it's funny because and I've never seen any other director do this. But like somebody will start saying a line and if they like pause too long or, or say it not the right way or any little thing. He goes, cut! And the scene cuts, camera turns off, and then they reslate, do it again. And so, it seemed like he was really trying to, like, save every little bit of film, but he 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 wanted to be that director that, you know, did, like, 20 shots or 20 takes. But he didn't want to waste film, though, either. So, it was kind of like he was trying to do both roles, you know? And then sometimes like, he was like just... Francis Ford Coppola, he's or actually um like Peter Jackson or somebody like that. He was notorious for like doing like a million takes of something. You know I can I mean? see that cuz he seems like a perfectionist. He wants right. as many options whenever he goes to edit, right? Is that why they do that? Yeah. And for like later movies, he doesn't give a fuck about film print. He's like, "Oh, I use it all. I don't care." You know? Right. <laughs> but yeah, you said he was also cutting and then immediately starting back up. Cut Action, cut, action. He would just do that. Back <laughs> yeah, I was thinking if I was the cameraman, I'd be like, "Oh fuck!" Or the editor. I hate, I hate, I feel bad for the editor because it seems like they weren't. It seems like they were cutting but not reslating. I don't know. I couldn't really tell too much though. But uh, yeah, like Stanley Kubrick, right? He's notorious. Like with The Shining, you always hear the. You always hear like he did like some ridiculous amount of takes, you know, and so. But it'd be like the guy would have a line if he messed up just a little bit, you know. He he wouldn't. Most directors just let him continue so they can work on, you know, so they can be like, okay. He was just like cut. Or and he'd say there. One thing you should never do as a director too is like, uh, so the actor says his line. He's like, okay, so you're gonna say this, 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 this. Okay, go. I mean, he's like telling them what their lines are, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. it's almost like he knows they're shitty actors and they're not gonna remember their lines. Yeah, right. That one right. old guy, he was re- literally reading the guy's line off. Yeah, and then go, after he was repeating. Yeah. He's going to go, cut, you messed up. Okay, you go, I love you very much. I'll miss you. Goodbye. Action. Yeah. And that guy goes, I love you. I'll miss you. You know. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like the slightest pause when they're saying the lines, and he goes, cut. Yeah. And it's just like. There were times I didn't even know why he was cutting. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't same. know that there was anything bad. He's just like, cut. Yeah. So, um, and I don't know if you ever got a good take for some of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the people he used, <laughs> for Gone like, with the Pope, I don't know if there was a good like take. Like we said, a lot, he didn't use like any actors in Gone with the Pope. Some of them were his neighbors yeah. and friends. One guy was his next door neighbor, one of the older guys. Yeah. But I guess if we're going to go over the plot, Massacre Mafia style is Mimi is sent to go to America by his father. They're in. It starts Massacre Mafia style. They start off in Italy, and then his father's like, for some reason, you gotta go to America. I can't remember why. Yeah, I almost feel like maybe Mimi disobeyed his dad. Yeah, like he was I think like he, I think he went against his. His dad, dad was like a New York mobster, 
and he was and then exiled. he was going to L.A. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and then was he was exiled. exiled. Yeah, yeah. And then he went to Miami. The movie takes place in Miami, right? I think it's L.A. Yeah, oh, I think it's it L.A. LA? Yeah, oh, okay. It's LA. Okay, there's a part where they're in Miami for a while. Anyways, uh, I, there might have been. They kind of go all over the country in both films. It's kind of weird, anyway, having a mob movie in L.A. Yeah. When you think of mob, you think New Jersey, Chicago. East That's West. true. Yeah. But there was a Chicago or an L.A. mob. Or Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. But, um... So he comes to America, and he's kind of got somewhat of a rep just for being the son of uh, the huge, you know, the big mob guy. Yeah. And then he kidnaps a guy and steals his finger. And yeah, that was that, kind of odd. And somehow that gets him, and then that bursts the greatest line in the movie where he's like... That's his finger, all right. I've seen it on him a million times. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, uh, basically, he just he shoots kinda... up a bunch of people for no reason. <laughs> That's where he got the massacre. Basically, right. what he does is Mimi is the old. I almost com- compare it to Al Capone compared to the mob after Al Capone because Al Capone was. He was never really part of the mob. He was more of just his own gangster. They wanted him to join the mob because the mob was kind of reforming itself to be like, hey, we don't want to have these big shootouts in the middle of the street. We don't want you to blow up buildings. During Prohibition, that's what Al Capone was doing. So I, I kind of look at Mimi as kind of like Al Capone because he's wanting to go back to those old ways where we just shoot everybody and we call it a day. We take everything we want. Yeah. And then the older guys are like, no, we're trying to go legit. You know, we're trying not to do these big crimes anymore. We're trying to have real businesses and make money legally with some illegal activity, but mostly legally. And so, yeah, and he doesn't like the direction they're going because yeah. he he wants to get in. They're wanting to get more into like prostitution yeah. and all these I feel other like things. Like and the he collar he, crimes. He's almost got like a honor to him. Yeah, you know he where wants, he's like. It, it is kind of like Godfather, you know. God, in Godfather, you know, he um, he didn't want to get into the drugs and stuff because he thought that was dishonorable. Yeah, you're ruining the communities, like kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And but, uh, he tried to go legit. The porn. Oh he's yeah, like, the pornos. He's like, we is legit. Yeah. And they start doing the porns. And then some, for some reason they get derailed and they go back to shooting people. Yeah, yeah. That, well, I don't think the porn thing really worked out too great. As oh hoped. yeah, did they did they just not make any money off of it? They couldn't get girls. I think so. No, yeah. They couldn't get girls. They're trying That's to. That's why they get... were trying to get Super Spook. Okay, yeah. Well, I probably shouldn't say that. But, <laughs> hey, you know what happens? That's his name in the, in the movie. They're trying to do Super Spook and like, um, they're trying to get him to. They're trying to get broads to the con, and he's got all the girls in L.A. And so they can't. They're they're having a hard time finding girls for the porns. It you know it's just a mess. Doesn't really work out. So that like, fuck it. Let's go back to just killing people. Tonight we shoot. Tomorrow or what is it? Tonight we dine. Tomorrow we shoot or whatever yeah, it says. Yeah. So, um, that's basically yeah. without ruining any, anything. That's like basically mm-hmm. massacre enough, yeah. mafia style in a nutshell. And then gone with the pope. Oh, um, so, okay, his name's Polly in, in Gone with the Pope, or Paul, depending on who you ask, and he was just let, he, he was let out of jail so that he could assassinate these six, or seven, 
the seven. Yes. Yeah, he had to assassinate these seven guys, and the mob kind of trusted him, and they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna have him do it." And their ultimate goal was to, after he killed those seven guys, was to kill him. So, and and then Paul knew this, so he what he tried to do is he tried to make it look like he was he he hired he got this friend of his in Las Vegas and um he, he had him kill you know like three of the people and then at the same time he killed the other four just to throw them off a little bit yeah two different cities yeah yeah and he was trying to throw them off a little bit and they'd be you know so they weren't exactly sure where he was so he'd throw him off the scent then meanwhile while he's hiding out he kidnaps the pope for ransom and he wants a dollar from every Catholic. But he just says fuck it and says. 50 and then he cents. says fuck it. Yeah, and then he says fifty cents. And then he and then he says fuck it to that. And then yeah, so that's basically. Uh, and then and then he kill ends up killing the people that were gonna kill him, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. But if the first time you watch it, you won't pick up on any of that. Yeah. Like, did you pick I, up on any no, of that? I didn't pick up on any of that, <laughs> and it. You have to watch it like 50 times before you're like, That's oh. kind of the way I felt with Massacre Mafia, though. So, Massacre Mafia. I felt a little, a little bit, too. I didn't understand the story much in Massacre Mafia, so I'm like, why are they yeah. shooting a porn? Why are they doing this? Why yeah. is this happening? Yeah. yeah. I felt that a little bit. And then once you rewatch it, it's kind of like, oh, okay. Or if you kind of pick up a little more, you're like, okay, yeah, I understand it now. They're trying to go legit. They're trying not to go legit. Yeah, we were talking about how the, um, how late the Pope stuff comes into play in the yeah. 36 minutes yeah you should you should establish i mean every every movie usually establishes its main plot in the first 20 minutes we were at like a 35 minute mark and all of a sudden they're like let's kill the let's kidnap the pope okay and his that friends point, are like okay at that point the movie's a third over a third over yeah it's 90 minutes 35 minutes yeah yeah so it's uh, there's not very many movies like it that's for sure soundtrack is amazing and oh yeah the music is good. so good it has a song called jackknife now there's a huge difference because where massacre mafia style is gonna appeal more to more people is gone with the pope is really if you like the 70s atmosphere like las vegas and if you like the bonkers plot line massacre mafia style was described as um by duke mitchell i think is like the godfather with more blood and explosions or something i forget what it was but massacre mafia style is a lot more action gone with the pope is the dialogue the atmosphere the acting by duke it's more of a fun film too because of the absurdity of it i mean they kidnap the pope yeah and it's ridiculous and when they go to rome it's i mean it's just like you can just tell like duke mitchell's just standing in front like a painting and yeah. stuff like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, they weren't. They didn't actually go to Rome, so. Which and then the whole boat the, thing. Yeah. If you're kind of, if you're kind of into like, boat, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he, he. I don't know if there's like a subgenre, but like, <laughs> he could I get, get kind of Rome, excited he had a with boat. like boats. He had so, a boat. Yeah. And he took the boat out to the sea, so. He went through the Panama Canal. It, it feels like yeah. a larger adventure than Mask of Yeah, like, it seems more a, epic. Yeah. yeah, they're going to Italy. They're they're in L.A. They start off in L.A. Well, they start off in jail, actually. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they go to Vegas, and, a, and this was Christmas at the end. I guess that's dorm, but yeah, Christmas yeah, 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 winter yeah. time. Yeah, it looked like they're like an Aspen at some yeah. point, and uh, they're like a ski resort. Which I that lady I guess was like a rich 
guy's wife, and that's how they got the house and the cars they used for to oh, film those yeah. scenes. That's huh. another thing. Like okay. Gone with the Pope. If you thought the acting was bad, Massacre Mafia style. Gone with the Pope will make the a- acting in Ma- Massacre Mafia style look like fucking Godfather. I mean, oh, yeah. the acting in Gone with the Pope is so bad, so stilted. The one girl, you can see her eyes moving as she's reading the Yeah, card. you can see... The there's several card. people you can see reading the cue card, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always notice her because it's doing a close-up and she's laying there and she's just, like, looking off. But, Paul, I love you. You can't go. <laughs> yeah. See, I mean, that's going to throw off a lot of people that are more into, like, the fast-paced 80s and on type stuff. Um, But, yeah, I mean... It's just a preference. Uh, let us know, you know, which ones you guys like once you watch it. If you like Masked Mafia, Sour Gone with the Pope. I don't know anybody else that likes Gone with the Pope uh, better, so. Maybe somebody. But seriously, watch it. Listen to the music. Look at the settings. And this was this was Las Vegas during its peak. This is when it looked like Las Vegas. Yeah, and Masked Mafia now style. Now it's Disney World. Um, soundtrack was, was mostly like the ominous yeah. kind of... Or, music um, instead of like that, or it was like or some super, of the lounge. Yeah, it was like it was the, it was either Duke Mitchell lounge music or it was like super upbeat, like round and around. Oh, there is one song we gotta talk about. It's the Rigatoni song. Uh huh. Yeah, that actually is a legitimate song. I didn't know that it was from some Carl something. You can look it up on YouTube. It's, it's just so <laughs> yeah. bonkers. Was it like? I'm not even gonna sing. I don't even know. You don't want to hear me sing anyway, but. It was like rigatoni macaroni yeah. or spaghetti. It's a tasty treat you'll never you're never gonna forget when yeah. the waiter comes around. Don't be bashful, just sit down for rigatoni macaroni or spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> Meanwhile there's like mob shit going down, you know. Like, yeah, the guy <laughs> getting his finger cut off. Yeah, and the guy that got his finger cut off like held no grudges against Mimi. He was just like Mimi was like, I've taken your finger and given you a new arm, basically. Thank you, Mimi. Yeah, yeah like, I thought that was I, weird too. I appreciate too. it. He's like, I can forget this, and he's holding up like this yeah. cast, and it's all because yeah. of his dad. <laughs> yeah. He's like, if you're your father, I have great respect for your father. Thanks for cutting my finger off. Yeah, and he got that great line. I don't know if I can remember it, but he's like, um, and and Ryan was always the best at remembering lines. He could watch a movie one time and remember all the lines, but man, it was like. He was like, the first time you got to whoop a school bull is the first day of school or something like that. Yeah. 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 And then you got the, uh, you got the Las Vegas, like, axe going on in Gone with the Pope. And you have that BMX shit going, like, yeah. Gone with the Pope is so random. Like, it is just mm, so random. Like, like, all of a sudden he's riding, like, this little choo-choo train with a bunch of little kids. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a montage of all the dates. He's, uh, him going on the date with the girl. They're throwing bread at ducks. And I'm going to talk yeah. about that in uh, The Fakers, the Al Adamson movie. They did a montage kind of like that, where it's just a bunch of random, like, date shit. And then they, they're at KFC, and, like, Colonel Sanders shows up. <laughs> I, I want to go on a date like that, honestly, though. Like, that would be the greatest date ever. Yeah. To meet Colonel it's Sanders. It's so random. Or, or how about the legendary montage date in uh, Karate Kid? Which That's a good that? one. What were they doing in that one? I don't know. They were playing like, uh, oh. they were playing like air hockey, and yeah. then they were like, then they were like playing like the ski ball. I, I, they were just like going all over the place, and I forget what song was playing, but the song was like awesome. 
And they'd have like that stuff where like, um, you know, he he would like score a goal and then he'd be like, yeah, you know. <laughs> it was playing a. I'm gonna make love to your woman. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I miss those montage type stuff. Now it's in movies, kind of a joke. But back then it was like this, like, oh, that's fucking badass. Rocky did it. Like Rocky Four is just one montage. It's a music video. That's what yeah. Rocky Four is. Yeah. Well, they had Rocky Four had that kick-ass fucking song. Never surrender. Or no, that's a is it kickboxer. Uh, okay. Fuck, what was Rocky Four? versus West. No. There's a badass on, on Rocky Four. I can't remember what it is. Hearts now. on Fire. There's uh, The Burning Heart. There's another one that's really good. Oh, um, damn. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about yeah. now. Yeah, it's something uh, about, like... I don't know. Damn, that's, that's, that's gonna blow the shit out of me. I'm not asking for another chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hurt me inside. I just wanna know why. Bam, bam, bam. There's no easy way out. Yeah, that's what it is. No easy way out. That's it, okay. There's no easy way out. There we had a figure. We didn't have to use the internet. Okay. There's no easy way out. I knew it was something like, I, I was, it was on the tip of my tongue about something about like, you can't escape it. Yeah, or something like, like that. So you, like, you can't get no out. Easy way out. You can't get out because there's no easy way out. There's no halfway home. That song is w- way better than Eye of the Tiger. I'm sorry, but oh Eye of the Tiger is yeah. Tiger's also overplayed. Yeah. And then that who, song. Who puts that in their movie? Did <laughs> you guys do it? Yeah. 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 Some Teddy Bear Master. Well, you were 14. <laughs> so. We had like a little D&D montage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that, actually. Um, no easy way a good way montage, out. yeah. We should have done No Easy Way Out, though. That would have been way better. (laughs) No Easy Way Out and The Burning Heart, those are, like, the best songs. If you've never heard The Burning Heart, that's a really good one, too. That one's all about, it's East versus West, or is it man against man? And and one soundtrack I think that is on par, if not maybe better, than Rocky IV, is the Kickboxer soundtrack. Is that the one on Streets of Siam? Yeah. And then you also have Never Surrender. Everybody loves winner. Yeah. So, check out those movies if you're looking to... But anyways, Duke Mitchell, yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, Skyline come to the Skyline. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, is it July 29th? Yeah. July 29th, right? Yeah. The day after The Strand is doing Smoking the Bandit. Yep. So, July 29th, you're going to want to come out to the Skyline and watch Massacre Moffat's Owl. And, for the first time ever, Gone with the Pope at a drive-in. And, for the first time ever, in Indiana and at a drive-in. You got the greatest song never played and the neutrals. And those are going to be fun. We're going to have posters up. They're not going to be available for sale though, but you can look at them. And uh, it's going to be a nice a picture. It's going to be like a nice uh, little tribute show, and I think it's going to be a important uh, experience. I think it's going to be a good. I think as for people that knew Ryan, I think it's going to be a bit of a humble experience. I think it's going to be a bit of a, you know, getting past things and stuff like that. So definitely come out. And, uh, yeah, if you're from, if you come all the way from Flint or Michigan or wherever, uh, there is a lot of really close hotels and stuff in the Shelbyville area. So there'll be plenty of hotels if you need that. Uh, Joe lets you. Joe will let you sleep at the skyline if you want to get a tent. I'm sure he'll be okay with that. 
Um, or I mean, I can I can get I can keep some people at my house. We'll work it out. We'll figure it out. But your main goal should be just getting down here, and then we'll figure out all the other stuff later. Even if you have to sleep in a cornfield. Yeah, there's plenty of cornfields here. Just pick one. Pick any one. You, you wake up with a bunch of spiders on you. Yeah. This is Jake O'Brien, the director of Greatest Song Never Played, and um, Charlie asked me to say a few words about Ryan, and I just got to say that, um, you know, working with Ryan and uh, being his friend was uh, one of the great highlights of uh, my creative career so far. And um, he was a true independent spirit uh, that stood up for Renegade Cinema, um, doing it independently, and uh, most importantly, um, not compromising on your own artistic uh, vision or uh, compromising on any sort of um, belief on vision in general. Um, so Ryan was one of a kind. Uh, he will be dearly missed by not only me, his family, and friends, but also people who have not even discovered his work yet. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, the man was a legend, and uh, uh, I hold many fond memories of Ryan. Okay, welcome back, Flipside, and now we're going to go over the Al Adamson box set from Severn. We've really, uh, we've been looking forward to this film for a long time. Or, well, this box set, right? Yep. Yep. You know, they kind of announced it not that long ago, really, though. They not really, no. was the only thing. It was they, supposed to come they out. They announced in, it, like, February, right? Yeah. yeah. Remember, it was supposed to come out in, I think, March. Yeah. Or something, and then the COVID-19 shit happened, and then they pushed it back, and... Yeah. That's here. I I actually have it in my hands, and it's incredible. I, so, first we want to go over the packaging. We're not going to review every film, obviously, um, but we're going to go over the packaging. Probably probably my favorite box set ever. Uh, look at that. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. Mean, I I would say the Zadoichi box set is a contender, but one of the things I really love about it is it's compact. Yeah, it's yeah. not like the Godzilla set. It's right. not like the Herschel Gordon Lewis set. It's it looks not, nice on the shelf. Yeah, it's maybe it protrudes a, a little bit. Yeah, it's maybe a little bigger than like a Blu-ray case. You know, it's a little taller, maybe a little wider. But one thing I do, I'm over. kind of a stickler about this, but it protrudes a little bit. So what I do is I get other box sets and I make them stick out a little bit on the same level with it. If that makes sense. Yeah, OCD. And that way, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like it protrudes as much. Yeah, but. Anyways, you get it, thirty. It, it claims to have thirty-two full-length films, which is kind of a fib, because a lot of the films are just the same films with additional footage, like maybe seven minutes additional footage. Uh, they did that with uh, Blood of Dracula's Castle and uh, Psycho Go Go. Yeah, yeah. So that explains because I always wondered how did he make so many films. Which he did still make a lot, even. If I think there's still thirty. There's still thirty. Yeah, even if, is it just two that he did it with? Well, I, I think so. Psycho Gogo, I think he did that one like three times. Yeah. Well, oh. two other times after the first time. Because he added what yeah. was the first one? Originally, it wasn't even Psycho Gogo, was it? Originally, it didn't have Go-Go. any Gogo stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because they were like, yeah. we need to exploit something. But that movie's right. not in here, so that doesn't really count. 
The Psycho Go-Go... You, you got Psycho Go-Go and Fiend with Electronic Brain. That's it. And then I think it's also called Fiend with a Synthetic Brain. So, it's weird. Like synthetic marijuana. Yeah. And then you got it Blood, did. Dracula's Castle, and Dracula's Castle. And all... All of Dracula's Castle is this exact same footage from Blood of Dracula's Castle, but they had werewolf footage. And it okay. makes no sense to the plot. So. Huh. Did they do something similar to that with Dracula vs. Frankenstein? Originally, it wasn't even going to be Dracula vs. Frankenstein. Now, I don't know if there's an original cut, but I think they said something about that, maybe. Yeah, no, but that's not included in here. There's a lot of movies they repackaged, kind of. Oh. Uh, so, I'm not sure what their thoughts were, but... Uh, like, Psycho Go-Go, yeah, they made a film where it didn't have the Go-Go stuff. But that movie's not on here. And I think, yeah, they did the same thing with Dracula versus Frankenstein. And then Blood of Dracula's Castle, like, nobody's even called Dracula in it. Like, hmm. it's, huh. it doesn't even have that title. But, uh, Blood of Dracula's Castle is one of those Allison movies I've, you know, I watched a long time ago. And, uh, it's always looked like shit. It still kind of looks shitty. I mean, they didn't. I'm sure they did the best they could, but mm. that movie, that that print's just bad. Yeah, I noticed uh, quite a few of the prints were like that we were talking about. Yeah. But again, you said a lot of the films were lost or never released, so... Yeah. What, now, what do you guys think about, like, the whole, like... I know we kind of had our doubts about the whole, like, booklet-type deal they had going on. But yeah. I like it. The only problem is, uh, and actually Don told me a fix to it, but getting the disc out is kind of a pain sometimes. Yeah. What was the... Well, I wasn't sure how to like get in there and get him. But Don, uh, yeah. what Don does is he takes his thumb and just rolls it out. Oh, okay. That's kind of what I yeah. do a little. Yeah. So, I don't roll it, though. But So that's fine, and then... I like yeah. it. I like the whole booklet thing. The only thing... This is like real nitpicky shit. I think they should have put the films in chronological order. Yeah. Yeah. They're like all that. over the place. Like It doesn't make any sense. I guess it makes sense by genre, maybe? Right. Not really, because they got like here's here's westerns, but then back over here, here's another western. So I don't know. Yeah, I find that strange too. But it's kind of it would have been cool to see it down year, by genre. It would have been cool to see it year by year. Yeah, like, like yeah, it would say the year, yeah. and then uh, and it actually does say the year, so it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because like, like you would see 1964, 1970. 1971, 1964. You know. Yeah. yeah. 1960. You know, it's just like you would just be able to see, in the way that you would want it, and I, I agree, it should should have been done that way, but it's not a big deal. We would have been able to see his career chronologically. Yeah, and I—I I mean, I've been watching the movies chronologically. So, have you read any of that fine. booklet? Because it comes with a big booklet. Yeah, so I was just about to talk about this booklet's incredible. Uh, definitely read like the pre-cert and everything first. But what I've been doing is before I watch, like I put a movie in, and before I watch it, I'll read about it. Instead of reading it all at once, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to put in the fakers before I press play, I'm going to start reading about everything about the fakers. Yeah. And I've been having a lot of fun doing that. And there's a lot of his films on here that aren't on the box set. Um, like, uh, there's this one movie he made called uh, Lash of Lust. And that's not in the box set. I think that's the only movie he made that's not in the box set, but... Yeah, I like that book too, just because, you know, the a lot of the time the the poster is just so awesome. Yeah. Like the poster kind of makes you want to see the movie. Yeah. Almost, and you know, you get all the different variations of the posters. Yeah, and I was finally able to see a movie I've been wanting to watch forever, uh, Sunset Cove. First time watching it, 
Um, and it's awesome. It's like a really good sex comedy, sort of like Porky's type movie. And it's really well done, and it looks incredible. I mean, it looks... The restoration was insane on it. But yeah, Lash of Lust is lost. I mean, it just doesn't exist. So that's the one, and it's not included there, obviously. Yeah. So... So, um, what I would what I would say is watch the documentary first. I yeah, agree because yeah. it includes a documentary about Al Adamson. And yes. it's really well made. Oh yeah, some people um, some people were asking on Severin's page like, does it ruin the plots of the other movies? I say definitely not. No, I don't think it ruins anything. If anything, it kind of gets you excited. Like, oh, I want to see that. I want to see that. You know, I yeah. think I think if you're on the fence about even buying the box set. Which is a little too late now to buy. Yeah, you're shit out of luck. Yeah, but if you're kind of on the fence about buying it, uh, watch the documentary on Amazon Prime. You got to rent it, but I think it's only like two bucks. But if you rent it from Amazon Prime, that documentary will make you want to watch the film so bad. Oh yeah, I agree. So, uh, the films, the films I have seen, I'm gonna let Curtis and Harrison go over the films they've seen. But so far, I've seen the. The documentary, of course. I've seen Psycho Go-Go and Fiend with Electronic Brain, their same movie. I've seen uh, Five Bloody Graves, Halfway to Hell, Blood of Dracula's Castle, The Fakers. The Fakers is a really cool espionage, James Bond type film. And actually, he has an Aston Martin in the film, which is James Bond's car. So, The Fakers is cool. It, there's a lot going on in The Fakers, though. It's like, I, I'm con- I get really confused about that movie. Then Satan Sadish, which we've all agreed is kind of our favorite so far. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've seen uh, Carnival Magic. Me and Curtis watched that outside on the outdoor theater. And then Sunset Cove. That's really about it. So I still got a lot more stuff to watch. Oh, and Dracula vs. Frankenstein. I watched that. I, want, I, haven't, I haven't watched the new. I haven't watched off this set yet, though. So yeah, let me see that. And I think the only one that I've seen that you haven't is um, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, one. I've seen Blood and Flesh, uh, The Dock, um, Psycho Go Go. I I did watch the extra footage from Fiend with Electronic Brain. It's just it dumb. really doesn't. Add, yeah, it's just dumb <laughs> stuff. Yeah. It's got John Carradine in it though. So. Um, hmm. Yeah, Satan Satis, uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin. I actually really was surprised by that one. That was actually the first one I watched, and you know it was. I, reading some of the things that people have said about Adamson, especially that one idiot on Amazon, <clears throat> you know, his, oh, his films suck, and I'm sure there's a lot of duds on there too, but I thought Uncle Tom's Cabin, and this goes for Satan Sadist and um, Psycho Gogo, I thought they were pretty well made, and Car- Carnival Magic as well. Oh yeah, we actually me and Curtis were kind of had our doubts about Carnival Magic, I think we were kind of on the fence about yeah. whether we were going to watch it or not, and we had a lot of fun with it, and it was well made. And it was actually kind of a nice, it, you know, it's his G-rated movie, so that kind of gave us like, eh. But uh, it's, it's got a lot of heart to it, we'll say. Yeah, so I've seen that, um, Uncle Tom's Cabin and Carnival Magic. Um, Cinderella 2000 looks kind of interesting. I'd say the next one I'm looking forward to the most, though, would be um, probably, say, Black Samurai. What about the female bunch? Are you excited about that one? The female bunch, yeah. Is that is that the trailer that we showed... During um, yeah, where he says, yeah, uh, "Oh no, so. lesbians!" I think so. And then uh, 
They also filmed a lot of it at Spawn Ranch, which is crazy. During, right before the whole Manson shit went down, too, by the way. So Charles Manson was there with, with the girls and Tex, so that's wild. And they talk about that in the documentary, how Al Adamson met Charles Manson and his thoughts on Charles Manson and stuff like that, so that's pretty cool. I he, seen he thought they were fucking stuff. weird, didn't he? He's like, I don't yeah. want to be around those people. Yeah, and we we got the uh, female bunch um, seven inch final too. I know I was talking about how I thought the bundles were stupid, but I did did end up getting one of them. So I'm kind of I got I kind of regret not getting one. So the shirt, the Ma- Carnival Magic shirt's really stupid, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, fits into the movie. <laughs> like if you wear that shirt, nobody's gonna know what the fuck that's from. <laughs> yeah. Just says Alex and Makov on it, so. So I haven't had a chance to dig into too much of it because I actually moved in between getting this box set, yeah, ordering it, and yeah, so purchasing a house. But uh, I saw um, Blood and Flesh documentary and um, Dracula versus Frankenstein and um, Satan's Status. So, so I'm look, looking forward to digging into the other ones. I thought it was really good. It's, you kind of have to be in the mood for a monster movie that's not the highest quality. Yeah. Like, uh, I think like the they said the guy who played Dracula was like Al Adamson's stockbroker, yeah, or something like <laughs> some kind of vaguely Eastern like, European he's guy. He's a really weird looking. He sounds really weird too. Yeah, like, yeah, he sounds really weird, and um, it's not really what you'd expect from a title like. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you're expecting like an all-out brawl type of. Now, did you hear? It's not really that. Did you hear that they were doing a tour with uh, the guy who played uh, Dracula in that? Oh no, I didn't actually. Yeah, some Drivens were supposed to be playing that. I just know he was playing that, but I didn't know he was going to be there. Yeah, cool. Like I think the Mahoney in Pennsylvania or something was going to happen there, and there's a couple others. Yeah. Yeah. Lon Chaney Jr. is in it, but he's. Uh, he doesn't I, really have much of it, a speaking role, or yeah. But in he's, the documentary, they had to talk about how they had a problem up against oh, yeah. and shit because he was so drunk. He's an alcoholic at the time, but and it shows. Yeah, but I mean, it's a good thing they gave him. I mean, you know, they gave him a job. I mean, if, if yep. he's a legend, basically, so. And then that one old actor too, like you could hear his jaw clicking. Oh yeah, his dentures were the same one who had one eye. Were, I think so. And he, when he would read the cue cards, you would just see the one eye moving. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Just one eye. Just one of his eyes moved. Yeah, and so just one eye would be moving. I was reading the cue cards, and his dentures are kind of clicking. Yeah. And then uh, John Carradine's hands are all fucked up too. He had some sort of disease where his hands uh, started to become demor like they started to like morph into like like um what do they call that um his knuckle would be like huge basically. Oh okay. Mm. Yeah. Weird. It was weird looking. Yeah, you can see it in, in the films. It, it's almost kind of sad. Where I mean, I, I definitely don't say it to poke fun. It's just sad because it's like the dying of a of an era of these horror actors. You know that you grew up loving, yeah. and then mm-hmm. it's kind of like what you, what you see what happened with Bela Lugosi. You know, and yeah, I'm just trying to say. Well, the, and then the, and then they replace him with a uh, chiropractor. Yeah, or foot. Or foot. What yeah, you, it kind of reminded people? me of um, Ed Wood a little bit, how they yeah. chose Dracula in this, yeah. in the Al, Al Adamson movie. Yeah. Satan Sadist was definitely really good, too, though. The soundtrack. I really like the soundtrack for yeah. that. Yeah, 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 I wish they would have done a soundtrack for that instead. Yeah, I added some of the soundtracks on my YouTube, the 
the one main theme is really good where he's talking about my mother you know by yeah. the time I was 12 I was killing killing for Satan or something yeah that yeah. was great and there's that great speech that guy I, I guess he kind of made it up the actor made it up himself yeah. yeah but it was basically about like You know, I'm a hip. I'm a hippie, so I'm supposed to be like peaceful and stuff. But I'm standing up for all the other hippies that were peaceful that you kick their heads in and all this stuff. You know. Yeah. And so that, it was a great speech. Yeah. Um, they said that it was real powerful too. And then he, you know, he ends up shooting them right yeah, after he says, says it. it was pretty powerful. That guy, I guess, was a he'd been in something before. Yeah, Tamblin was Russ his Tamblin, name. Yeah. So he was like kind of like an up and coming actor. It sounded like. Yeah. He was like or maybe like, he had just went past his prime, maybe, but he was like a huge guy still. Yeah, I think he was in like musicals and shit. Yeah, because they yeah. said he was like a dancer. And it like sounded like he really stuff. did not care for that. He didn't really want to do it. Was, I think the way they presented it in the doc, and he said the original speech that Al Adamson had written was stu- was written was stupid. And he made yeah. it, uh, definitely easy rider inspired too. Oh yeah, easy rider knockoffs. But, uh, yeah, so, if you want the Al Adamson box, I don't know. I don't know if... Ugh. Oh, no, it, they, it, they did it, have some copies just a few weeks ago. I don't know if they still do, though. Probably not. Yeah, but it seemed like it... Sometimes the box sets don't really sell so well, and mm-hmm. sometimes they do. You just never know. Yeah. And this one was also really expensive. 170 bucks, And that's just yeah. a severin price. That's expensive, but it's a good deal when you look at what you get. Yeah. Um, I know Amazon certain box sets that don't sell out. You know, Amazon did have those copies. I think they were the last ones to have any copies. Maybe Grindhouse, but I don't know. I think a lot of people were expecting that Amityville box set from Vinegar Syndrome to sell out quickly, and it didn't. You know, I was surprised it didn't. And I'm surprised it didn't because all those films are like were barely released on home yeah. video. And then the box set itself is just so kick ass. Yeah, so it's hard to ever read the market, but yeah, this one seemed to just fly off the shelves. I was surprised because the Angel box set sold out, and the, yeah. and the Amityville set came out sooner. Yeah, and Angel I wouldn't think would be the one that would sell out quicker. I know I was kind of like I'll wait on that one. Yeah, that's what but I did now too. I'm regretting it. So I remember talking about it on the Ryan when we had Ryan as a guest, and I said, "Oh yeah, I really need to get that set." And then yeah, 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 it's just sold out. Now. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, so. Another cool thing about that, well, it's not cool, but it kind of is. Yeah. They they had a disc malfunction, and so what they did is they sent out a replacement disc, but sometimes the replacement disc got to you before the mine didn't. But well, for some did. people, the replacement disc got there before their Al Adamson box set, so they were able to watch like the Naughty Stewardess and something else. Blazing Stewardess, I think. Blazing Stewardess, yeah, ahead of time, which is, which is pretty funny. But yeah, everybody, I, everybody we know got one. I can think of. Steven got Just it. Just Walter. I think Walter was the only one who didn't get it. Yeah. Don got it. Even Don got it, for God's sakes. Yeah. Jo- Joe Godden got it. Harrison me. Yeah, I got one, too, yeah. Mine came after. I wonder if Brandon ever got one. He was kind of yeah, he was always him. on the fence. I was like, man, don't get on the fence because the movies are really good. And, and even if they're not good, like you could just resell that shit. And they're probably not going to get re-released. And it's not anytime soon. No, uh uh-uh. They probably will eventually at some point, though. Al Adamson's never gotten love, so this is like the first time he's ever gotten his day in the spotlight. I thought it took a while to sell out, too, for that set. I thought it was going to sell a lot quicker. But the price point... They did kind of waves, too. Because 
Severance sold out, and then but then they started giving to Amazon, and then Amazon mm-hmm. sold out, and then they started giving to Grindhouse, That's and true. Grindhouse sold out. So it was almost like came in waves. But yeah, get it if you can. If you can't get it, figure out a way to watch it. <laughs> but that'll pretty much end the show, folks. And uh, we just really appreciate you guys being fans. And sorry, we'll try to record episodes at a better time. The COVID shit just really fucked us over because, you know, for a while there, we, you, you know, it was hard to. We just use it as an excuse to yeah. go on summer break. <laughs> Yeah, we just went on summer break. We're summer break, yeah. Summer break. So, anyways, guys. Save the beach. Save the beach. And we'll see you on the flip side. Got to get off. Gonna get. Have to get off all alone. Got to find out. <laughs> Is that a summary of it? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, oh, there God. you go. <laughs> you put That's that, you put that at the end of the episode.